Hey everyone, we're back this week with our new health series called Hormone Happy Hour that I do with Kea Perowit, my dear co-host on the series and co-founder in our business, Bia Wellness. And every Wednesday, Hormone Happy Hour will feature an in-depth interview with a leading women's health expert. Each expert will teach you step-by-step how to eat, think, and move in a way that is designed to help you feel great and create an abundance of energy in your life so you can build your own empire. Empire. Now let's jump into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Yasmin, in the past three years or so, you've made the switch to using more clean beauty, I guess you would call it, clean beauty products and household products from maybe using more traditional ones. I've also made the switch over the past probably about like a decade or so. What are some of the things that you've noticed? Like for me, for example, I have yet to find a really good clean shampoo that does the trick. I'm still on the hunt. So what are you using actually? I think we use the same thing, which we both learned from Drew, which is a company called Giovanni. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, it's so funny. It's from Whole Foods. Literally, I use that all the time. That's the only thing that I found that works for my hair that honestly, I'm not even certain how clean of a product it is, but it works. It actually makes my hair feel clean. We should probably look it up to see if it's like quality or not, but that's that's still what I use. I always go back to Giovanni. Same. And I, I know we try different things and like, you'll come to my house and try this like clean shampoo and you're like, uh, I don't like it. It doesn't like shampoo, but I will say I definitely always have a Giovanni in my shower, which it just cracks me up that we use that. But I will say actually, um, Briagio, which is a brand in Sephora. They've been around for a long time. I actually really like their leave-in conditioner. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it definitely moisturizes my hair and I feel a big difference afterwards. So I don't know if I've shared that with you, but I'll do like the the shampoo conditioner we get from Whole Foods, but I'll kind of mix that in sometimes. I have yet to try their shampoo, but I feel like people love them. So that's maybe, maybe we should both try that soon. I heard you mention Briagio before. I'm going to definitely try that. How about makeup? Okay. It's so funny. I just um, I just recorded a podcast right now for Behind Our Empire with a brand that I actually love, especially their foundation. It's called Lawless. It's actually clean makeup that, and you know me, I like full coverage. Not everybody is like that. Sometimes it's like people feel too cakey. I like that full coverage and it's very tough to find something that works that's clean. I swear by them. She's amazing. I love her brand. And also another good friend of mine, she's a founder of Thrive, Carissa. I swear by her stuff too. She has this like incredible CC cream that like the days I don't want to get ready, but I just want something quick on my face with coverage. It's amazing. I'm always wearing her eyeliner and her mascara. Um, And I just love like Thrive and Lawless because I trust them. I trust the founder. So I'll just kind of order anything from them. And I've always been happy. So I feel like over the years, there's been more brands. I mean, both of those brands actually have been around for a very long time, like over six, seven years. So I don't know if I was living under a rock, but that's like my go-to. So makeup I have down. What I feel like you've really dialed in skincare. What's your like skincare brands that you love? Oh man, there's so many good skincare ones. That's good to know about Lawless because I actually bought randomly a blush from them. I I didn't even know anything about them. I just happened to really like the color. Great to know that it's more of like clean beauty. Yeah. There's still so much that I need to understand about makeup and how to apply it. And (laughs) I'm I'm still on my learning journey. I love it. Like I love collecting all of it. And then I'm like, I gotta learn how to use this. Skincare, there's so many good ones. When I started off, I started using Tata Harper, which I really love. I love the founder, just like her story, how she kind of grew everything on her farm. It feels so luxurious. It's a really good one. In the makeup world, I really like RMS. I lately have been using, what is a C Buckthorn? Living Libations is one of my favorite ones. I think they're local in LA. They have a C Buckthorn serum. It's a moisturizer. It's also a face wash at the same time too. It's really, really nice. There's so many good ones. And the reason we're talking about this today is because our expert, Dr. Judy, has taught us so much about the role 
level of toxins in our bodies and the effects of toxins on our hormones. And as somebody who's dealt with estrogen dominance, I have really had to dial this in because toxins are a huge cause of estrogen dominance, if you didn't know that. And we're not just talking about toxins from makeup, we're talking about toxins from our cleaning products, toxins from our sheets and our mattress and our air. And it's not meant to be scary, more so just say we have other options, more safer and cleaner options available to us to help us, especially women are very, very sensitive to the effects of toxins. And we're probably more exposed than men because we wear makeup. We have like 20 step skincare routines. We do all of those things. So this is a really, really important topic. We talk about so many different things in this episode. So this week we'll be interviewing Dr. Judy Hinojosa. She's a well-established naturopathic medical doctor and the visionary behind the eco-conscious vitality wellness clinic in Arizona. She's an expert on all things, environmental medicine, detoxification, hormone balancing, energy healing, and spiritual health. We love this one and we know you're going to too. So let's get into it. Dr. Judy, what is the most toxic thing in our home? Thank you, Kaya, for the question. And thank you so much for having me here on your wonderful podcast. So there's many things in our home that are actually quite toxic for us. But if I had to pick one thing that most people are not aware of is actually your mattress. So most people don't think about this, but it takes about seven years for your mattress to off gas. And most of us are not investing time or energy or finding a quality mattress. And if you think about it, mattresses are full of formaldehydes and chemicals and flame retardants. Everything to keep it from breaking down and for safety for us actually ends up being against us. So it's actually one of the most toxic items in your home. What is your recommendation? How do we off gas our mattress? I remember you talking about this before. It was super fascinating. But let's just say somebody already has a mattress and they're like, shoot, I just bought this mattress two years ago. Is there anything they can do now? Should they buy a new one? What are your recommendations? So my recommendations are, yes, off-gassing is one of the ways you can help really any piece of furniture release the chemicals a little bit faster. So anytime you put something uh, on, towards the sun, outdoors, you want heat on it. What you're doing is pretty much uh, what's called cooking the furniture. So you're getting a lot of heat exposure for the chemicals to be released faster. So that's one of the techniques I actually use for a lot of my furniture. When I buy uh, furniture for my practice or for my home, I let it sit outside for a while to just let it off gas and I let the sun hit it directly. But if another technique you can do, uh, many of my patients will actually um, put a wrap around their mattress. So they, you can put a, a you know, non-toxic plastic wrap to prevent some of the off-gassing. And a lot of my patients actually buy a mattress pad, an organic mattress pad. So if they can't afford to get a whole organic mattress, they can get um, just a topper, an organic topper. And then they'll put that on top after putting some wrapping around the mattress. So that's some of the techniques that my patients do. And this is super important because you, we all spend so much time in our beds. Like, I don't even know how, if you counted up how many years it equates to, but it's a lot of time in our beds our heads are on the beds, our noses, we're breathing all of that in. So this is this is really important. Yeah, it's very important because think about it, it's a third of your life that you're spending sleeping. And at nighttime also is when we detox the most. So our liver is the most active between one to 3 a.m. So when the body's ready to clean the inside of the house, our brain also detoxes at night. We have something called the lymphatic system. So as we're sleeping, we're actually, you know, recalibrating our system. We're getting rid of toxins. The liver's active, the gallbladder's active. And if we're sleeping in a toxic environment, our bodies can now regenerate and heal. And this is the reason a lot of people wake up in the middle of the night between one to 3 a.m. Uh, because their body is trying to detox. And then you're, if you're sleeping in a toxic mattress, then it has to, uh, you know, really process all of those toxicants, um, as well as pillows. Um, a lot of my patients don't think of their pillow, but a quick hack they can do is also get an organic pillow and just, you know, putting your, your head directly on it is going to make a big difference of what you're breathing. You brought up a really good point. And Yasmin, I want to let you jump in, but I, I wanted to keep talking about this too, because it's, a, it's super interesting. There are a lot of shift workers and we need them, but there are also people who just stay up late, right? They're staying up till 2, 3 a.m. You're saying this is the time that our bodies are detoxifying. Our brain is detoxifying. We have this thing called the glymphatic system. So what's happening with those people who are staying up all night? Are their, detox, are their detoxification systems working the same? 
So the, the body is really smart. So we're always adjusting and adapting, but normally we have an internal clock. So in Chinese medicine, we have our different organs have different times throughout the day where they're most active, where they're Qi and life versus the most um, alive, as you would say. So during the nighttime, our liver is pretty active, but people that end up shifting their schedule, eventually their body tends to compensate to adjust for that. But it is true that we know that some of the patients that are dealing with more chronic diseases are patients that don't have a, first of all, a good quality, quality sleep or a good sleep schedule. And people that are shifting consistently their night schedule after a while, they'll get used to it, but it does take them at a little transition zone. So as long as they're getting quality sleep um, and you know whether they're supporting it through melatonin support or, or really just getting into that REM deep quality sleep, the body's able to regenerate, but it does take a little adjustment uh, over time for patients to do that. My mind is blown right now, Judy, because we just got, and, you know, it's so interesting being in the world of wellness, I'm still learning stuff every day. And it's so fascinating because we recently, Drew and I got a new mattress topper and both of us have not been sleeping well. And especially Drew has been waking up literally between the time frames that you said, one to three, we've tried everything. We're taking all the supplements. We're like tapping into our circadian rhythm, making sure we see sun in the morning. And I'm very curious if it's that, but like you said, I love the idea of, you know, if we have a mattress already, just go get an organic mattress pad. Right. And that's like an easy fix to try, but I am super fascinated by this. And I'm curious, you know, there's so many of us who are probably sleeping on, I guess, a quote unquote, more toxic mattress. Is there any way that we can support our bodies? along the way, like any supplements or anything you recommend just to kind of help that detoxification process because we've been sleeping on this mattress for so many years. Yeah, yeah, of course. So one of the um, many things you can do, uh, of course, everything depends on your health and any advice I'm giving you, make sure you consult with a physician and knowing in terms of dosing of supplements. But yes, there's many things you can do. So NAC, N-acetylcysteine, is one of those important amino acids that helps rebuild glutathione pathways in the body and glutathione, I like to think of it as the boss of detox. So it's that amino acid that comes in and cleans out the cells. It's very um, active at night, the ability to clean brain, to, to clean the liver, to clean the cells. It cleans your gut. So I always recommend my patients doing some NAC support, glutathione. I also like to use sodium butyrate, uh, butyric acid. Um, a lot of people don't know about this, but butyric acid is the short chain fatty acids that our bacteria needs uh, to help uh, grow and to be uh, resilient and strong in our gut. So supporting your microbiome and a big part of our detox and wellness is getting a strong gut, so strong microbiome. So I always take sodium butyrate at night because it helps clean the lymphocytes in the gut, in the brain. So I would say uh, butyric acid, NAC, glutathione. I also always recommend taking a, a gentle binder. If you're, anytime you're doing any type of detox, whether it's sauna or movement or workouts, or you're just feeling, you know, run down or you wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, I tell my patients, if they wake up between one to 3 a.m., have a binder next to you um, on your nightstand and take two binders. So sometimes that's what I do. And then I'll see, I'll fall asleep actually a lot quicker than if I was, was going to take melatonin or L-theanine, anything else for sleep support. So if you're waking up hot or, you know, sweating or just in between 1 to 3 a.m., your body's detoxing and it's a little more support. So take some binders so you can kind of vacuum all those toxins that are coming out that need additional support getting out of the body. And I have a and silly so question. Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're probably going to ask the same thing. Okay. <laughs> well, when you're saying binders, like I'm thinking yes. about, all right, I'm going to go look for this. Is it called binders? Is a supplement called binders or what are we looking for? Let me tell you what binders are. So binders are anything that helps, um, in essence, vacuum the toxins out of the body, the tissue, the cells, uh, gut, brain. So there's many kinds of binders. So uh, one of the most typical that people know is activated charcoal. So charcoal is a really good binder that um, even they use it in hospitals when someone overdoses, they, you know, they're infusing charcoal on the patient. Um, and in a day-to-day basis, you can get the capsule. So getting activated charcoal, uh, it's a great start point. You obviously have to take it away from other supplements or food or medications because it does bind anything you take with around the same time, but there's many other binders. So I also love chlorella. Chlorella and spirulina are actually really good um, food-based binders. 
um, sodium butyrate, butyric acid is another binder and uh, anything like citrus pectin or bentonite clay are also binders. So there's many mixes, humic acid, fulvic acid. There's a lot of products. Um, yucca root is another really good binder. So there's many different products in the industry. There's one, there's many that we use. I use something called GID Tox or Biotoxin Binder or Chlorella. And I like to rotate them around. Um, but remember, if you're taking charcoal, it does have to be taken away from other foods and supplements. So it doesn't bind. But chlorella is a, a great one to take. A quality chlorella. Um, I take some chlorella almost every day because I know I'm around toxins a lot. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com and check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to today's episode. I want to talk about glutathione again. You mentioned it. It's like our master detoxifier, our mother detoxifier. And I heard somebody saying, if you're starting to get premature grays, take glutathione and see what happens. And I swear up and down to everybody that I was starting to get like a few here and there. I started to take liposomal glutathione and I was not getting any. Is there any truth to this? There, there actually is because glutathione is not only for detox, but it's also a master antioxidant. So whenever there's early grain, it's most likely lack of antioxidants that are occurring. So glutathione is actually really good for um, nerve health, neurological health, for uh, hair, hair growth, you know, um, keeping the nutrition to the scalp uh, is very good for eyes, for vision. So one of the uh, therapies that we use for vision therapy is glutathione. So glutathione be being such a strong antioxidant, it also crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it's a neurological tonifier. And think about, you know, gray hair, everything that you're feeding to your nervous system, including the nutrition to the, to the scalp and the hair follicle, uh, glutathione does make a difference. So uh, it is a good trick actually. Uh, for anti-aging as well. So doing high doses of glutathione or in my clinic, we do glutathione infusions for detox, for wellness, but it's also an anti-aging hack or you know healthy aging supporting hack that we use. That's amazing. And are there ways to up our glutathione without taking supplements? Obviously everybody should work with a practitioner before they start supplementing, but if they're listening to this and they're like, I want to do something now, can we get it from our diet? Yeah, absolutely. So glutathione is actually in a lot of our foods. Um, the, the top foods that have a lot of glutathione are avocados, uh, asparagus, artichoke hearts, uh, uh, garlic, onion, anything that comes from the cruciferous vegetables, such as cauliflower, uh, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, they all help you create more glutathione. So I, I try to include some of the, you know, three of those foods daily in my food. Um, and by including them in your diet, right, whether it's cooked or raw, you're really supporting the natural pathways to create your own glutathione. Man, learning so much here. And, you know, on the topic of just toxins and how we can support ourselves, I'm curious to get your thoughts around how these toxins can specifically impact our hormones, both estrogen and progesterone. Yeah, that's a great question, Yasmin. So how it works for uh, you know men and women both, but specifically for women is so many of the toxicants that we're exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis from pesticides, herbicides, organophosphates, GMOs, heavy metals, chlorine, solvents, parabens, you name it, such a, so many chemicals out there. What they do, um, we call them xenoestrogens or xenobiotics. That means it's a foreign estrogen or a foreign molecule that behaves like estrogen. So when we're exposed to it, whether it's through uh, eating, drinking, breathing the air, you know, exposure through our skin, transdermal, 
what happens is when they enter our body, those chemicals, they compete where you're on healthy hormones. They compete with your healthy estrogen. And being that it's a denser molecule, it tends to move aside your healthy estrogen and it locks into the cell where the healthy estrogen should be there. And it gives it the message as a strong estrogen receptor uh, hormone, but it's giving a stronger message to create and to behave a little more aggressively than your natural estrogen would. So it ends up being very inflammatory for the body and the body, you know, we have something got, we have something called good and bad estrogen, like good and bad cholesterol. We make a little bit of both, but we want the ratio of the good one to be higher. But when we're exposed to a lot of these toxins, our ratios go the other direction. So we end up estrogen dominant, but more estrogen dominant with the bad estrogens. So it's very important to identify the difference because estrogen is not bad for us. You know, we're women, we create beautiful estrogens in us and our body has a natural intuition to recycle the bad out and keep the good in. But when we're exposed to the toxins, the bad estrogens increase because they're displacing the good ones out. And then we end up with a lot of symptoms of estrogen dominance. And when that happens, our progesterone, which is the I call the estrogen, the, the ingenious medicine, the yang and the progesterone, the yin. So this balance comes off and we end up very depleted in progesterone, lacking that yin life force that helps us with, you know, calming our nervous system, helping with sleep. Um, and as we know, estrogen and progesterone play such a huge role in our cycles, in our brain, in our mood, how we cope with stress. So it ends up being a lack of progesterone and estrogen dominance. I think that so many women, including myself, are experiencing estrogen dominance and or have at some point in their lives. And it feels a little bit when it comes to toxins, like we can't escape them. They're everywhere. It can feel really scary. And obviously we can't just live in bubbles, but we can take steps to protect ourselves to some degree. We talked about certain supplements that you recommend, but what are some low hanging fruit? Hey, these are just some easy things that we can do in our lives to reduce our toxic burden. Yeah. And that's, that's a great question because I tell my patients, I can give you the right detox therapies, but if you don't remove the root cause of the problem or what's causing the imbalance, it's very hard to get uh, patients better. So uh, above all, remove what's causing the disease. So in terms of the toxins, so there's actually a lot of things that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis to lower our toxin load, our toxin burden. So some of the things I, I can run through, um, for example, inside your home. So as soon as you get to your house, one of the practices that I recommend my patients to follow is to take their shoes off when they arrive to their home and to have indoor shoes only. Because think about what you're carrying on the bottom of your shoes when you're walking outdoors and you know, everybody's spraying, there's herbicides, GMOs, pesticides, toxicants um, on the outside environment. So make sure your home is protected, first of all, with the bottom, you know, what you're wearing. Uh, also for your pets, if you have pets that spend time outdoors and they're running in parks where you have no control of what they're spraying, when the pets come inside the house, clean their paws, you know, give them a little wash just so they are not also carrying that around. So that's the first step for my patients. The second one I would say is ensure that the quality of air inside your home is as clean as possible. I always recommend um, not using any chemicals in the environment. Uh, a lot of my patients are using very toxic candles. So candles is a big place where I see a lot of toxicants. So whatever you're burning for scents, you know, be very cautious of all the paraben solvents, formaldehydes that are in candles. So try to get a really clean source or just do oil, uh, you know, gentle quality oil burning inside the house. Uh, no no plugins, anything that, you know, smells and makes the environment uh, change. Uh, be very conscious of that. Uh, another place that I find people often miss is uh, the quality of products that they're using for their skin. So what we put on our body, on the skin, our you know beauty care products, skincare products, makeup makes a huge difference. So many of my patients are eating healthy, they're exercising, uh, but they are not putting the right skincare on their body. And you know, from shampoo to condition, conditioners, makeup, um, they're not using the right products. So cleaning, cleaning that up is a, uh, an important part of their wellness. A lot of my patients don't think of their water uh, water quality is really important. So make sure you have a clean water filtration system, something you put under the sink. 
and also how we drink our water. Make sure you're not using plastic at all. And I think a lot of a lot of, of us know this, but sometimes we are not as conscious on that, but we need to be drinking only from glass or stainless steel and also where, where the source comes from. Make sure it's a clean water uh, to start with so you're not just contaminating yourself with a lot of chemicals. So water is a big one uh, for your home. An air filtration machine is great. You know, Having a portable air filtration machine that you're running inside your home. And if you can't get one, even just putting the proper filters in your air conditioner, having a HEPA filter that has a, a greater ability to clean and protect some of those smaller particles from entering into your air is really important. Um, shower curtains is the other one that people don't think about, but having a plastic uh, shower curtain um, is actually very toxic. The vinyl, uh, especially because when you're taking a shower, you know, the heat comes out and a lot of the plastic smell comes out. So very conscious on that. You can just get a cloth shower curtain. And also if we're talking about showering, make sure you have a carbon filter on your shower as well as your bath, especially when water is warm. A lot of the chemicals tend to infuse easier into our body going transdermally. So um, I would say those are some of the ways that, you know, of course, food is a big conversation, you know, the right diet. Uh, which we talk a lot about, but um, yeah, just being aware how it is entering, you know, through our environment. Um, the other one that people maybe don't think about is mold. Mycotoxins are huge. Uh, just making sure that you attend to water leaks properly and that there's no, nothing that has been um, not addressed in your home environment. Yeah, absolutely. I feel super dialed in on this part specifically because my husband is very sensitive to mold. So when we ended up every house that we consider, I'm like, there's no way we're dealing with mold. We get all of the mold tests done because it can be quite damaging on somebody's health. It can feel like a mystery illness. And I think one really important thing about this to think about is it can start to feel like, oh, all of the things that are being mentioned here are expensive. But actually, when you consider it the big picture, what's more expensive is dealing with illness, dealing with all of these damaging things to our health, and just taking these, like getting a water filter, getting an air filter, all of that will just set you up for so much more success long term. And these are like the investments that you want to make in your health now to avoid any bigger issues later. So all of these changes are... Uh, highly recommended. I know I've done a lot of them in my home. Yasmin has also done a lot of them and can feel the differences in our in our lives. Yeah, no, and it's true. I always tell my patients, you know, invest on a good filtration machine for water and air. Let that be the, be the filter for toxins. Don't let the, your body be the filter for the toxins. So, you know, as an initial investment, but it makes a big difference. And as you say, we can't live in a bubble. We can't avoid the toxins, but the quality of air and water, especially in your home, has the biggest impact on your health because when we're outdoors, we have fresh air, we have nature and we have trees and we have sun and we have wind that is removing the toxicants. But in our home, we often obviously don't have that. So just even opening your windows, your doors, you know, if you can get let some fresh air in is really important. You can put some plants in your environment to get nature to also cleanse the surrounding area. So there's little hacks that you can do to just create cleaner air. Um, dusting is really important. If you remove a lot of, you know, the dust from your home and, you know, you can get your uh, vents clean professionally every couple of years, makes a big difference. Uh, vacuuming, dust, a lot of the mycotoxins from mold that you're talking about, Kaya, actually settle in the dust. So even after remediating from mold, a lot of my patients are still sick from the mycotoxins, which are the little toxins that mold left behind and they tend to live in the dust. So cleaning the dust is really important. And uh, you know, that's something we can do on our own. So keeping a low dust home creates a cleaner environment, especially for formaldehyde solvents. Anytime we have you know, furniture or paint, all the solvents tend to land on a, in the dust particles. So just keeping the, the clouds a little cleaner makes a big difference. But I think there's a lot of hacks we can do and it, they do make a big difference long-term in your health. And as you say, you're either paying now or paying later, but you're feeling well if you invest properly. Yeah, and I just want to put a quick plug because when, the first time I was learning about all this, I felt very overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my gosh, where do I start? My makeup, my hair, my lotions. I used to love candles. And for anyone who's listening, we love ewg.org, right? I believe environmental 
working organization group, working group, excuse me. And it's so easy. You just put in whatever brand it is. And honestly, it's my Bible and I will just make sure it's signed off by then. It walks through all the toxins and, um, and you know, anyone who's listening, like we're not all perfect. It's these little things that we do daily. And even for me, if there's certain makeup brands where I finally finish my foundation, then I'll pop over and try a, a clean one. So it's a slow transition, but to both Judy and Kaya's point, like once you're able to detox a lot of things in your life, you begin to even notice things. Like now when I'm around a candle, I completely feel it. Oh my gosh. When I'm out and people are putting those air, um, what is it? This that you had mentioned, Judy, um, the plugins, like the plugins, they give me a headache and I, they used to, I, exactly. So now it's nice to see that I've kind of been on the other side, but yeah, little hacks that you can do. I just want to kind of plug EWG. I love EWG because you can find so much there. And, you know, we're not experts at figuring out what's, we can, so many of the details of the other ingredients, they, they often don't even mention it. And we are not meant to know every ingredient. But if you go to yeah, EWG.org, they have a, what's called a skin database. Um, and then pretty much they have most products in there. And it gives you a little uh, coding for how healthy the product is. And it goes from green to yellow to red. So try to get products that are in the green zone. That means it's healthier for you and they're not endocrine disruptors. And luckily there's a ton of options now. I feel like maybe 15 years ago, there weren't a ton of options for clean makeup, clean beauty, but there are so many and there's so many good ones too, which is really nice. Um, I want to talk about your sleep journey, Dr. Judy. I remember hearing this story a few years ago from you and I thought it was so powerful and it really highlighted the role that our hormones play in our sleep. And I believe that there, you also had some uh, experience with toxins yourself. I can't remember everything, but I'd love for you to kind of share what you discovered through your sleep journey. Yeah, of course. I'd love to share that. Um, so I think I started to have trouble sleeping since I was actually quite young. And over time, as my cycles came, it became more of a pronounced problem that I was dealing with chronic insomnia. And I've always been quite sensitive to chemicals in my environment. Um, and to point out to your point, Yasmin, when someone is actually sensitive to chemicals in the environment, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. You're just more conscious and aware. So often, you know, listen to that, listen to what your body's saying. So as my journey continued, I started to have a lot of difficulty sleeping. Um, I just couldn't fall asleep. I had a lot of insomnia, racing mind. And I was that classic uh, patient that would wake up between 1 to 3 a.m. and you know, my mind was racing, there was anxiety, my body felt hot, and I couldn't fall back to sleep. And I realized over time, um, as I be became into my 20s, that after testing my hormones, I was actually very progesterone deficient, and I was estrogen dominant. And even though I was doing all the right things and the right diet, and I was exercising, I was very cautious. And the more I went to my journey as to becoming a naturopath, I learned more and more about it, and then come to realize that my progesterone levels were so depleted, um, and as I was trying to regulate my own hormones, I couldn't get my progesterone to come up. So I decided also to check my toxicant levels. And I, I actually had quite a bit of a higher loading of, of heavy metals in my body, combination of pesticides that I was not aware of. And as I started to clean this out, and a lot of this could be chemicals that came from our upbringing, chemicals that we're not longer exposed to at the moment, but they get stored in our tissues and our cells. And the body's really smart. It puts all the toxins in the bones and in, in the brain and the marrow to hide them so the body can deal with what we have to deal with day to day. But as I started to unwind a lot of these toxicants, uh, my body started to create its own progesterone uh, slowly. And I also started to actually supplement with a little bit of a bioidentical natural progesterone made out of wild yams. Um, you can also do this through herbal support, chase tree or vitex, uh, you know, your foods. But to me, it was a big... It was a game changer when I started to really clean my heart, my toxins that my progesterone started to increase. And as my progesterone increased, my sleep uh, really recovered. My ability to fall asleep, to stay asleep, to go into REM, to wake up feeling refreshed uh, was a big aspect of my healing is getting the sleep right. But for me, it was also my adrenal glands. Um, so something we don't think about is if you have chronic stress or uh, I grew up being more in a type A personality and, you know, I wanted to achieve and be great at school. And I used to stay up at night a lot and studying and reading and I ended up putting, burning out my adrenal glands as well. So when we have low adrenal function, also the progesterone is harder to build up. So low adrenals leads to low progesterone. So for, in my case, it was a little bit of everything that led to that 
uh, chronic insomnia. And as I repaired my adrenal glands as well, as I gave them great support, cleaned the toxins, then my progesterone started to come back to normal. And yeah, I have great sleep now and I check my levels and hormones are pretty regulated. What did you do to support your adrenals? So for my adrenals, um, a couple of things. So I incorporated a daily practice of what I call yin supporting therapy. So for me, I needed to do uh, something that unwinds my mind, my brain. So uh, I started this practice at nighttime where I would do uh, what is called yin yoga. So I just you know looked it up on YouTube, a couple of exercises poses that resonated the most with my body. So I have like the, a nightly routine where I do for 30 minutes yin yoga poses and I'm putting you know phones away, electronics away. And this is what I do maybe an hour before I go to bed. So I'm getting my body into the yin mode, you know, lights are down um, and creating a more little secret environment. Uh, and then I do the yin poses. So I'm doing a lot of through the yin at the end, I, I do a lot of breathing as well. So deep breathing. Um, I love the four, seven, eight breath as well to calm down the body and put the body more into that parasympathetic nervous system. So the more you can do parasympathetic support, the more your adrenals start to relax to lower the cortisol at night and the better your sleep, the better the cortisol is in the morning. So for me, as a big one was the yin therapies, but also my diet. Um, I also realized I was not getting enough healthy carbohydrates at night. So that's another aspect of supporting your adrenals that we need you know, healthy carbs, but also healthy protein throughout the day. So um, I was skipping breakfast at the time and I did not have enough protein to support my adrenals. So getting protein in the morning, uh, lunch and dinner was really important for me. And then I also supplemented with uh, her herbal tonics. So they're called adaptogenic herbs, like uh, rhodiola, licorice, ashwagandha, holy basil. Uh, I love uh, different formulas that work with the HPA axis to help the body regulate. And I, I also love taking magnesium at night. Magnesium is very soothing for the adrenals and also something called phosphatidylserine to relax the body for sleep. Um, you know, Epsom salt baths are great to get that salt content. So getting my salt, my healthy minerals, so healthy salt and magnesium up also really helped my adrenals. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, Judy, I mean, you talk about how, you know, in residency and your old life, you were pushing, not sleeping, you're a perfectionist. I feel like a lot of women who are listening, we're all like type A in some sort. It's something that I think I'm still unwinding from my old life. And, you know, a few things you mentioned, like Epsom salt baths have helped me three meals a day getting sleep, but how do you manage kind of your nervous system throughout the day. So you kind of mentioned what you do before bed, but like, you know, let's say you have a tough day, multiple patients or, you know, a busier day. Do you have any tips on how we can kind of go into our nervous system and just yeah. kind of calm I our think, state uh, really in that point Because, sense? you know, we can do big preparations at the end of beginning of day or end of day, but when you're in the in day-to-day -day basis, you know, I am in my practice three days a week full-time. So when I'm going in, it's busy. I'm going from patient to patient, managing the, the team and, there's a lot going on. So what I try to do is I, I try to take at least a two to three, you know, sometimes a five minute break in between transition points where I'll either go to my office quietly or I'll hide in the bathroom. <laughs> sometimes I like, I just need quiet space where I'm taking, I'm slowing down my breath and I'm doing the four, seven, eight breathing. I think that's really, you can, you can do five breaths of the four, seven, eight. The whole goal is to hold breath in longer in the body and let it out slower uh, versus you know when you take in the breath so that tends to calm the nervous system i also make sure i stay really hydrated uh you know i take electrons throughout the day if i'm feeling really overwhelmed or just you know i just can't think through things or i feel really burdened by something i actually uh use a couple techniques one is a, a tapping you can do meridian tapping so you can do you know tap the top of your head you tap your face you tap uh, your face, you tap lower and you tap down here. And then I, I try to kind of bring a couple of mantras that goes, you know, I'm safe in my body. I'm safe to release. I'm safe to let it go. Whatever you connect with by the body, body tapping helps. And if I'm really stressed out, I'll do body shaking. So you know how animals do a little bit of like the shaking after they get up from, um, you know, from a nap or from a, a fight or from a stress situation. So one of the ways to unwind our nervous system and let it release some of those excess cortisol toxins that are going through it is through our bodies actually to shake. So you can stand wherever you are and do a 30 second body shaking. You know, you're literally shaking arms, shaking the head, 
and you're just just shaking your body. So a little bit of a, you know, you can't jump in a cold plunge in the middle of the day, but you can do a little bit of shaking to sh shift the vibration of the body, shift the energy of the body. So um, any kind of tapping, shaking, uh, really conscious breath, um, you know, little words of I'm safe to release or I'm safe in my body, uh, I'm safe to let go, anything that brings that positivity, you know, so you're having the brain body coherence and conversation going. Um, I would say that's how I uh, work around my day. And I also make a little spray, a little oil a spray of my favorite essential oils. And I'll carry that around um, in my purse or I have it in my office and I'll spray my environment. I'll spray my body. Just the uh, essential oils are very, very good to calm the parasympathetic nervous system and to, you know, to, to get that body more regulated. Uh, so essentials are great or I might just, you know, roll them on my body and just kind of shift that. I'm shifting, trying to shift vibration quickly, uh, body, body awareness, I would say. I love the shaking one. My dogs, even if somebody's mm -hmm. petting them and it's a lot of energy on them, yeah. they move away from the person and yes. shake. And I'm just like, yeah. can we shake off people's <laughs> energy? Like we yes, you can. With someone and then you're like, oh, that was weird vibes. I'm going to go shake it. Yes. And you should, or, you know, you can do on a weekend, I'll do like ecstatic dancing. I'll just put African beats and I'll start just shaking my body for half an hour and moving. And a lot of what, you know, through dancing, we move energy, we release our body, we align our meridians. So you can do this throughout the day easily. Um, just shake, you know, put some music or just shake. Uh, and it, it feels really good. You should try it, uh, you know, for 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, it just feels like you just, you know, kind of took a good cold shower and woke up again. Yes. Yeah. It's like Tony Robbins when he talks about like a state change. It's like just yes. moving your body. I love that. Um, one toxin we didn't talk about, but it's particularly damaging for women is alcohol. So yes. I want to get into alcohol. Where, what's your stance on it? And why is it so harmful for women, especially? Yeah. So, you know, alcohol is a very tricky one because our culture or society, you know, we have integrated so much as part of life and we associate it with celebration and family and community and, you know, enjoyment. So, it's a tricky one because uh, most of my uh, patients drink alcohol and they want to drink safely. So what do you do about it? So first of all, uh, women, uh, scientists have discovered that women have a lower activity of an enzyme called alcohol dehydrogenase, which helps us break down and process alcohol. So men have a much higher activity. They're twice uh, more effective that enzyme in their body. So you know, you have the classic case scenario, husband and wife go out to eat and they order a bottle of red wine. And, you know, if both of them have two bottles of wine for the female, that translates to four, uh, I'm sorry, no, four vials, uh, two glasses of wine each. For the female, that translates as four glasses of red wine. So because the body has a slower metabolism naturally for women to detoxify alcohol, alcohol tends to impact women a lot more than men in general. So whenever you have one glass of wine, it's really like you had two glasses of wine. And what it does, it is a big endocrine disruptor. It also displaces this the progesterone out. It makes you more estrogen dominant. It also lowers testosterone and DHEA for women. And most of the alcohol has to be detoxed again at night. So uh, very classic as we get older, especially, you know, maybe we could do something in our 20s as we go into our 30s, 40s, 50s. We just can't drink the same as we used to because the activity of the enzyme also goes down as we age. So it's classic. I have my female patients say when I was, you know, 20, I could have two glasses of wine at dinner. Now I barely have a glass of wine and I get a headache. I can't sleep that night. I wake up the next day, you know, congested, bloated, brain fog, my weight's up five pounds, you know, so you see all these extreme reactions of the body. So uh, the body's just not able to metabolize all those aldehydes, all those toxins that come from alcohol. So uh, first of all, slow down a little bit on your drinking is the first advice. Second, uh, choose your alcohol wisely too, because there's different types of alcohol that as we get older are better for women. So, you know, as much as we love wines, make sure if you have wines, are uh, we want them from the old old world uh, earth so european wines are better make sure that they're organic make sure that they're not grown in soils with pesticides and gmos so very conscious of the type of wine um also i would say for if you're choosing to drink you know anything gluten heavier is going to be harder to detoxify so beers anything that's yeasty is going to be harder on the body especially if you have mold or mycotoxins so some of the cleaner alcohols to digest are 
like tequila, vodka, gin. Um, and I'm not recommending to go on a tequila diet or a vodka diet or gin diet, but those are some of the cleaner ones and make sure that you're mixing them not with sugar or, you know, every time you mix a drink, an alcohol with sugar, you're just making that a much more toxin, uh, toxic um, alcohol, very rigid. But my advice, if you're going to drink is, so I, I for me, I probably have you know two drinks a month. I'm very conscious when I do it. And I will choose, I will stay more with the alcohols we talked about. Um, unless I'm in Europe, I'll have a little wine. But I would always take NAC. So one of the hacks you can do is take one or two NAC capsules before drinking. I also take binders before I go to bed. So we can, as we said, some of the binders that we talked about, like whether it's a charcoal or a chlorella. Um, so I can bind some of those toxicants. And I also make sure I'm hydrating. I'm putting electrolytes higher. And the next day, I'm probably just doing a sauna to just make sure I've cleared everything out. Uh, also during your cycle is when do you drink? Because if you're right before your cycle, which most women, but right before a cycle, that week of PMS that we call it, uh, whether it's a gentle PMS or that's the reason we experience a lot of PMS is because where toxins are higher, you know, everything's being dumped, everything is moved out of the body. So if you're drinking during that week, you're going to make all the symptoms worse. You're adding to your toxic load, you're stealing nutrients from the liver that should be going to clean all the other hormones. So also is when do you drink and you know what do you do around it? Super helpful. Yeah, that was game changing for me. I don't drink now anymore because to your point, I feel like as I've gotten older, it's just making me not feel good the next day. I don't like the way I feel. So I've, I've put it aside. But back in the day, I did notice significantly that when I would have that one glass of wine a week leading up my period, it would make my PMS symptoms significantly worse. And I always tell women now, like if there's one small thing you could do, I mean, there's obviously so much we're talking about in this podcast. I'm like, just try not to drink a week before, just see what it's like. And it, these little ch lifestyle changes can make such a difference. And, you know, I'm curious, Dr. Judy, if you have a patient that comes to you who's like, listen, I love my nightcap. I love my glass of wine after I have a really busy day. It puts me to sleep. I will tell them to make sure, first of all, they're having, you know, a meal with it, not just drinking. So if you have enough protein, carbs or fats, you're going to digest that differently. Um, I would probably put them in general on liver support uh, herbs. If they, you know, I have patients say this is a non-negotiable. I'm not giving this up as much as I would like them to give it up. I would put them on liver support herbs, whether it's milk thistle or dandelion or nettles. I would give them a lot of kidney and liver support. Um, I'll probably have them take those binders at night. Uh, I'll make sure that they're also exercising, working out, but I will also try to really teach them what the alcohol is doing to their body. And I'll try to also understand the root cause of why are they drinking? You know, what what is there an alternative tonic to take for that? Can we teach their body to to calm and relax differently. So, um, you know, things like magnesium, L-theanine, GABA, uh, there's actually a little drink uh, of a powder called relax powder that I tell my patients, let's try a little transition, you know, let's cut back a little bit on the alcohol and then make a drink of the relaxed powder and make that your tonic or make an herbal tonic or a tea tonic. So I will first teach them what alcohol is doing to their body, how if they're gonna continue drinking, how to support it, but we can open the conversation over time to let's try to give the body what's missing that you need that relaxation why are you needing that and there's natural ways to get the body to do that and the more the nervous system gets regulated and balanced a lot of people actually get healthier and they don't crave alcohol so you know i would start working in their gut in their diet but um it is a slower conversation to have because first a lot of patients they're quite you know there's an attachment is a way of coping but is exploring exploring that and giving them a little support tools until we can really dive into why do they need to have that every night and what's missing from their body so we can replace it naturally? Super important questions. And I was also thinking about what you said, where you were saying that having one glass of wine for women is like the equivalent of having two really compared to men. And I think a lot of women, sometimes we can hear things like that and then we're like, oh, great. And then we have a cycle and then we have to go through pregnancy and then we have to go through this and we have to go through that. And I actually love the reframe of, our, women's bodies being so sensitive is actually like a superpower, right? In a way, because it's a gift, truly. It's not something wrong. It's like actually a gift because women are often the ones who are actively working on their health throughout their lives versus like, they're the ones who enlist the family. Like, hey, let's all do this together. Let's all try to get healthier together versus like, oh, something really bad happens later in life and then they're trying to target it. And so I hope that 
women who are listening to this feel like, oh, this is actually a gift of mine because my body's giving me signals that something is or is not working for me. And I can use those signals to my advantage. So I just wanted to add that in there because I know it can feel like a lot for women. Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. And, you know, I, I like how you say it's a superpower. Our consciousness, our awareness, when you're sensitive and reacting to the environment, it also means you have a greater, greater awareness and sensitivity to feeling life, you know, to experiencing life, to a, a capacity of love and compassion and understanding and intuition, all those gifts that we have within, you know, come wrapped in that same awareness and sensitivity. But um, yeah, slowly, you know, recognizing our, what our body needs and honoring that and, you know, celebrating the uniqueness in ourselves, I think is really important versus trying to adapt to a norm and what's the standard. So looking at all those gifts and, you know, not, not being called sensitive, but being highly conscious, highly aware and integrity with ourselves, uh, highly present in our bodies to know our bodies are telling us because, you know, in reality, alcohol is a poison. It shouldn't be, we shouldn't adopt or adjust to metabolize it. We should be quite conscious of what it does to the body. So yeah, so just celebrating that awareness and finding that medium of when we can do it safely. A hundred percent. And as Yasmin mentioned, she's not drinking anymore. I stopped drinking and it's kind of crazy how much more rich your life becomes when the weekend plans are not revolved around drinking and going out and staying up late. It's like, whoa, there's all this room for me to do other things to explore what I really like, which is, which is awesome. Um, so what are some signs? Well, first I want to know what does detox mean to you? Why is it important? And what are some signs that somebody might need to detox? So detox is actually a really important part of our physiology, of our wellness, of the functioning of the body. Uh, all of us are detoxing every day. We're detoxing this moment, actually. So even if we live in a perfect bubble, our body naturally, the internal mechanism is to create, uh, you know, every time we eat, we create waste. We have to release that through breath, through sweat, through urine through your bowel movements. So we're naturally in a day-to-day -day basis detoxing. So detoxins is really removal of toxins from the body that is a part of our system, it's part of our function. So without detoxing, we wouldn't be able to sustain our health or be alive. So first of all, that's part of the daily routine of our, our systems. Why is it so important and why do we talk about detox? Um, when we're exposed to so many other chemicals and toxicants outside of the daily process of function of the body of creating toxins, we have to add that additional support to make sure all the systems and organs are working effectively. Because if we don't, it, we end up backing up toxins, which lead to disease and dysfunction in the body. Uh, I like to tell my patients, think of your body as you're cleaning your house, right? You're you're flushing the toilet every day, you're washing the dishes, or you should, you're taking the trash out, you're dusting, you know, you're, if you don't keep up with your house, it's going to get pretty soon quite messy, quite dirty, it's going to smell, you're going to find rodents, who knows what you're going to find in there. It's the same with the body, you have to make sure those processes are happening daily, but we want to give it extra support when we live in a very toxic environment. So making sure you're supporting, supporting, as I said, you know, um, sweating, you know, this sauna, sweating is really important. Breath cleans, cleans the lungs or clean, cleaning your lungs. The bowel health is really important. Having daily bowel movements, hydration helps the kidneys. So supporting all the detox pathways on a day-to-day -day basis is really important to prevent the chronic disease. When we have toxins accumulating, everything starts to go off balance. Your mitochondria health suffers, endocrine health, bowel health, nervous system, immune system, everything just gets jammed up in the body and we start to accumulate inflammation and you know the red the red flags go off and we start to see chronic disease autoimmune disease chronic fatigue syndrome uh tiredness brain fog acne you know so when you say what are the signs of someone that needs a detox and uh, the classic patient i would say someone that has uh acne is a big one uh having trouble with weight metabolism problems or an ability to lose weight or sometimes gain weight um water retention having not ability to build muscle actually is a sign of uh, toxins um having when we a lot of my patients have a good body weight and muscle mass but they have abdominal weight so they're not able to lose some of that abdominal fat that's another sign that we need a, a detox because toxins love fat and fat loves toxins so there's a little bit of a relationship there um also having joint pain uh, joint pain is a classic one brain fog uh rashes any kind of random skin rashes um, having also bowel sensitivity, whether it's irritable bowel syndrome or 
uh, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, any kind of extreme gut behaviors will tell me you're needing uh, a detox. And also your cycles, uh, you know, how are your cycles? Do you have painful cycles? Do you have heavy cycles? Are you, do you have heavy PMS? You know, do you have a lot of anxiety or depression? How do you feel uh, before your cycle? And what is your cycle like as well? So for anybody who's listening to this and they heard what you just said and they're like, this sounds like me, like everything that you just said sounds like me. What would you tell that person stepwise? Hey, here's what to do. They should find a practitioner. What are what are some advice that you would give to them? So depending right where you are in life in terms of your age, on your symptomatology, you know, some patients have like just light symptoms. They can do a lot of things on their own with start cleaning up your diet, right? Make sure that you eat as much as possible organic. Make sure your meats are uh, grass-fed and uh, raised in an environment free of toxins and hormones. So quality of protein, make sure that your, your diet, foundation diet is really important. Make sure you have enough fiber in your diet. Uh, a lot of us are not having fiber. Fiber is how we actually bind toxins out of the body. And, you know, there's so many diets out there, keto diets, uh, paleo. I think those diets, as long as they're integrating enough fiber support, you're going to support your detox pathways correctly. So ensure that you have healthy fiber through vegetables, your fruits, you know, your seeds, um, make sure that also your water, you know, as we said, is clean water. Um, if you're struggling on your own and you need more support, you might have to see a, a provider that can farther look into what's going on, you know, check your hormones, check your metabolism of estrogen, check your toxicants. But a lot of people can do this on their own before they see a practitioner. Um, move your body. That's a big one. Um, movement. That's how we detox. So our lymphatic system is also our system that helps us release toxins. Uh, the lymphatic channels are these chains that run through our whole body. And that's where we accumulate all the gar the garbage. They have the little garbage bags. And our job is to help release that through movement. So, you know, you could, uh, any type of exercise is going to re release them, even stretching, yoga. But if you have like a mini trampoline, you know, bouncing or uh, jumping jacks, any type of bouncing, bounce, bouncing or shaking is going to help that lymphatic release. If they have access to a sauna, be great. If not, uh, just working out can get the body moving and sweating. I also recommend getting a dry brush. So one of the great ways to detox, uh, you know, all of us can do that right now is, you know, go online, go to the store, get pick up a dry brush and dry brush your body. Do it before every shower or before every workout. What it does, uh, dry brushing, you're moving uh, the lymphatics and you're helping them release and dump in the lymphatic in the main duct that sits in the chest. So when you're dry brushing, always go in the upward motion towards the heart, and then you're helping mobilize those toxins. So, you know, you don't have to get a lymphatic massage. You don't have to do extreme workouts, but if you're just a starting point, you can get a dry brush and start to mobilize. And then you can, um, you can take supplements, but you can even start just with teas, with herbals, you know, dandelion tea, nettles tea, rubois tea, milk thistle tea. Those are great teas that help mobilize toxins out of the body, um, you know, working with foundation of the diet. But if you need to supplement, you can start slowly supplementing. Um, and if you can't figure it out on your own, you know, that's when you want to uh, get a little more support from a provider that can kind of work that journey individually with you. You know, you mentioned earlier hydration is key, and I think that's an easy win for anyone listening as well. So how much should we be drinking per day? If your environment is really dry, uh, what your level of activity is, you know, the standard is half of your body weight in ounces, but more than water is really electrolytes and minerals because you can actually drink too much water and dilute your minerals. So I have actually patients that drink a gallon of water a day and they come in dehydrated. They're like, how is this possible? I'm drinking so much water. So it's not just the amount of water. So of course, you know, um, around 80 to hundred ounces of water a day, it would be ideal, but it's also the quality of water and what you, you can put on it. So you, know, you can put a quality electrolytes that don't have sugar, um, you can do actually a little pinch of Himalayan salt in your water. It's a great way to get your hydration up for the for the minerals to come in or take mineral capsules. So that water, water is how we move the toxins out, right? So we need the hydration, but you can also focus on your vegetables that have hyd hydrating vegetables, like cucumber is very good for detoxification because it's very hydrating to the body or celery as well. So you can add some of those vegetables or herbs to your water or do a little juice uh, to help the hydration uh, increase in the cells. And what are your thoughts on colonics? Are you pro-colonic or how do you feel about them? I love colonics. So actually when you talked about detox, so 
you know, we do daily detox, but I do about twice a year. I do uh, a bigger uh, purification of my body, a bit bigger. I support the release of toxins in a bigger way. So I'm doing things that are daily you know, or weekly, you know, have certain routine to keep my body going in terms of flushing out the toxins. But I do twice a year a series of colonics. So I do a little bit of stronger therapies, but colonics is a great way to uh, really bind toxins and release the toxins out of the colon. But what colonics also does is stimulates the gallbladder and the bile to dump the toxic waste. So a lot of the toxins that come from the liver, they get accumulated in the gallbladder. And a lot of women have very congested gallbladders. Um, a lot of people that have fatty liver disease or you know, Hashimoto's or uh, fibros or endometriosis actually have gallbladder issues because the bioaccumulation of toxins went to the gallbladder and is sitting at the bile and we end up with very congested bile um, forming gallstones or we just have chronic pain in the gallbladder. Uh, it impacts, you know, gas bloating and our ability to create hormones or lose weight. So when you're actually doing colonics, you're helping the gallbladder dump the bile. So you get a lot of bile dumping. And that's one of the bigger benefits of colonics is cleaning, cleaning the liver, cleaning the gallbladder. So uh, yeah, I'm actually, uh, the month of June, I take it to do a detox. So uh, I do a colonics once a week, and then I might do some coffee enemas. Then I do a more sauna, and I'll do a lot more active therapies, you know, even hydrotherapy, you know, cold plunges and heat um, to help the body release the toxins. But colonics is, I think, is a great way to support your detox. You shouldn't do it all the time, but you should do it, you know, you should take little steps uh, and find times where you can do it safely and always take binders and always hydrate and take probiotics when doing colonics. And again, another silly question, but colonics, are those supplements that you take or what's, what are colonics? Like I know the process of what happens, but what, how do you do the protocol? So colonics is actually as colon hydrotherapy is a therapy where you go to a facility where a professional therapist has a colon, uh, colon hydrotherapy machine. And it's like kind of going for a massage, but it's not a massage. It's a it's the helping washing of the colon. So it's a system. Uh, it's a really cool machine that helps you washing your colon out. And it takes for a, it's a session of 40 minutes to an hour. So you will have to look for colon hydrotherapy and find a provider that can help you do that. But you could also do what's called coffee enemas at home, which is a, it's a smaller version of a colonics, but you're using coffee to help stimulate that bile and that gallbladder to dump the toxins. And that a lot of people just do it on their own. They get a self-starting kit, you know, when they uh, Google coffee animus. Um, if you do that, make sure it's organic coffee. So you're not uh, getting mycotoxins into your coffee. Um, so if this is all very new for a lot of people, definitely consult with a colon hydrotherapist before you start that, you know, check with your provider to make sure you're safe to do. But good colon hydrotherapists are gonna work, walk you through how the journey goes, what to expect, but that is a therapy that you access. And then there's a lot of things you can do also with um, just a, to start with coffee enemas on your own. They will stick a um, tube up your behind. If you're yeah. <laughs> it is. Or I'm laughing because I went to Mexico. I came back. I had a bug. So I was in the bathroom. I know this is TMI nonstop. And I finally got better. And it was like Thursday. And I was talking to Kay. I was like, Kaya, I don't know what I did, but I feel amazing today. I have so much energy. And she was like laughing, cracking a joke. She's like, well, you just had a really intense detox, right? Because I was literally in the bathroom every day. But if it feels that way, I, I mean, I'm super motivated to try it because I truly felt just so clear and my brain was just so on. I felt amazing. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you do feel after colonics uh, is great for brain fog or memory issues, cognition, because we have the gut brain connection. So it's really interesting as you're cleaning the microbiome, the toxins, you're actually helping pull from the brain and the conversation of the nerves and the gut, you know, they're so connected that when you clean the gut, you're also cleaning the brain. So it is a it's true that you you feel great after you know a lot of my patients when they go for a colonoscopy actually afterwards because the prepping is so intense and they're washing their colon through taking you know through taking the uh, medication that gives them for the um a colon uh for the colonoscopy they a lot of them say the next day they feel really good they're like why do i feel good oh my brain feels good my energy is good is is because they washed their colon and they got rid of a lot of toxins so uh, obviously you can do this without doing a colonoscopy, but, uh, or without getting a bug, but the bug works as well. I'll never forget when I sent my husband, Anthony in for a colonic, I was like, you're going to feel so great afterwards. He, 
just warn people before you send them in to do this because he said, what did you just have me do? What did they, they just stuck this thing up. But I, I also, especially there have been times where I'm very sensitive to gluten and especially if it's really bad quality gluten and I don't ever get constipated, but there have been two times in my life where I've been extremely constipated and I will not stand for it. And colonics have been life-saving in that. Um, because when you are bloated or your bowels are not moving, I don't know about anybody else, but I cannot think, I cannot focus on anything. I just feel completely off. So it's like, whatever we got to do to get that stuff out, like I'm all for it. And the biggest way that you actually want to support the body to detox is through the gut. That's your best way to detox is, you know, everything binds. So breathing get those bowel, bowels moving with probiotics, magnesium, but yeah, colonics are, are a great way to support it for additional detox. Yeah. Well, I want to end with, I know we're coming up on time. We want to end with one final question that we've been asking everyone each week. So as a naturopathic doctor, what are three things that you would never do to your body? You're like, this is it. No way. I'm not doing that to myself. Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I have more than three things, but uh, yeah, I could tell you, I could tell you um, a few things I would never do. Um, and get no judgment to anybody that has done it. It's just Knowing my body, my genetics, my sensitivity, what I could handle or not. Um, and a lot of my patients do this and I have a lot of respect for them. And I understand there's a journey around it, but I also do treat this in my clinic. So I would probably, I would never get breast implants. Um, breast implants have a lot of toxicants in, their, uh, in the plastic. There are a lot of heavy metals, a lot of chemicals. So uh, women end up with a lot of breast implant illness. And I do see that in my clinic. So that is something that I personally wouldn't do. Um, as, as you know, as a, if it's that choice of having to shift my body. Uh, the other thing I wouldn't do is probably tattoos. Uh, tattoos also have a lot of ink on them. Um, they have a lot of mercury and cadmium and arsenic. Um, and I'm just too sensitive with my skin to have that ink constant releasing into my body. So, and I also, you know, see that with my patients, like I measure levels of toxicants and their heavy metals are very high. And it's often when people have tattoos and um, again, something I just wouldn't do to my body. Uh, I would say the last one probably be uh, root canals. I would probably never get a root canal. Um, the root canals are actually, um, I know a lot of people get them, but um, many, my, my experience, the majority of my patients end up with chronic infections, uh, hidden infections, and they're not often aware of them. And it ends up draining their life force, their constitution, they get very inflammatory. And uh, their body is just, you know, losing antioxidants, constantly depleted, brain fog and they can trace it back to a root canal. So I'm not saying every root canal fails, but in my experience and talking to holistic doctors and dentists is we do see a lot of chronic disease with patients that have had root canals. I would say probably those my top three. Super fascinating, so interesting, and so great to have you here, Dr. Judy. Thank you for joining us. I think people are gonna love this conversation, so thank you. Yes, thank you for having me, Kea, and yes, my name is an honor joining you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.